You're listening to the Simulated Gaming Podcast. Bringing you the updates on games like Arma, Squad, Hell Let Loose. New information on mods with interviews from gaming groups and milsims. Coming to you now. Now. All right, welcome to Simulated Podcast Gaming. Um, my name is Icker, and uh, with me is a group of guys. We talk some things tonight. We're going to talk about where Arma kind of started at tonight uh, for us individually. Uh, some of our favorite mods. Uh, dive into a little bit of the RHS First Cup, or if you use both of them, and uh, kind of games we'd play if Arma wasn't around. Uh, next week, we'll be doing an interview with another unit. But uh, I'm Icker. Hey, I'm Cam. Hey, this is Daring. This is Eric. This is Winters. Hey, this is Mailman. And you also got Timber. All right, guys. So, I mean, you know, all of us belong to Milsims and Task Force, you know, kind of different type of playing style. Um, What was, for you guys, like, what was the thing that drew you to Arma? Or Arma 2, 1, 3, Operation Flashpoint? What was the biggest thing that kind of drew you guys into playing a game like this? If uh, I would say the realism, I, uh, I I discovered Arma on YouTube like a number of years ago, and I was so tired of the regular just run and kill and die uh, like Call of Duty style game. You know, I was looking for something like way more realistic, and I I definitely found it when I found Arma. Like, what games are you playing before then, though, Darren? Uh, like a lot of Call of Duty. Um, you know, Battlefield, a lot of like you know military style games. Um, they just they lack that realism that I was looking for. Yeah, I think for me it was the original Battlefield 1942. That's like what I started playing and what really piqued my interest was like, oh, I like this kind of game. And then I think like Call of Duty, the original Call of Duty, yeah, like a health bar and everything on like that one. That was like the other game that really kind of like got me into shooters. And then I was like, bro, there has to be other games that are you know, more in depth. And I found Operation Flashpoint. Yeah, I think I think my love of those types of games started a long time ago. Um a game called Conflict Desert Storm. <laughs> it's an old PlayStation 2 game and uh it's a military yes. style game. <laughs> and I love that game. <laughs> that that I fell in love with military games after that. Yeah no I never never played that one. Never heard of it. Anybody else? Uh definitely Operation Flashpoint was like definitely my first interaction with Bohemia, or what became Bohemia. Um, before that, really just Call of Duty, Halo, um, Battlefield, and then like, went into Arma. <laughs> like you're like, yeah, like simulation games, Halo. You know, it's real. Yeah, thing. well, it's kind of big deal. Shooters. That's kind of what got me into a lot of the simulation games, and like Daring said, realism and stuff was definitely lacking in a lot of those shooters i played yeah anyone else yeah i gotta say uh, i was definitely more a fan of um battlefield over cod because you kind of felt like you had a little more weight to your movements and uh, stuff like that so it felt 
more real, but once I discovered what Arma, for me, Arma 2 was my introduction to the simulator, that uh, that kind of won me over. Yeah, I think, like, when I first started playing Operation Flashpoint, like, I was very, very into the game, but, like, they had multiplayer back then for it, but, you know, like, dial-up internet and DSL was, like, one of those things that you had to, like, really know someone who also had it. And for me, like, it wasn't that. It was just, I think the storyline was great for it, but I think the sandbox for me is what really made the game for me, like, you know, be able to go out and just, like, put down a thousand tanks and then, you know, have them run over fucking, you know, 50 infantry guys. And you're like, oh, my God, they just squished that dude, but, like, or they shot him. I think for me that even though sandbox kind of the whole thing was, like, the biggest, the biggest sucker punch for me was, like, what really drug me in. Yeah. What about you, my man? Yeah, for me, uh, I'm going a little bit further back, I think, than COD. Because, um, you know, Call of Duty is where a lot of shooters, you know, people who like shooter games, uh, you know, begin out where they play. And um, I'm going back to the original Ghost Recon games, you know, not Wildlands or Breakpoint. I'm talking like 2001 uh, Ghost Recon, where the game takes place in the year 2008. So it's, you know, future for its time. But. Um, you know, the team controlling in that game was at the time phenomenal. Uh, you can, you could have, I think up to three, uh, small teams for a total of six guys and you just, um, you can maneuver them around, have them, you know, advance at all costs, uh, assault, suppress, do recon and not fire at anybody. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was for me, that was my intro to shooter games, uh, and, uh, from there, I progressed, of course, you know, along to COD, um, but then very quickly moved from COD to Battlefield, because for a console player, Battlefield is like the biggest, uh, you know, tactical shooter um, that you know is very popular um, among players. Uh, I never got into Operation Flashpoint, unfortunately, but uh, in uh, my freshman year in college, I. Uh, started watching YouTube videos from a popular YouTuber uh, for Arma. Is uh, do a shout out. Um, uh, his name is Jester eight one four. Great Arma Milsim videos. Uh, that kept me occupied for about three years uh, until I could afford a gaming computer. And uh, first game I think I bought for it was Arma. Um, and just you know, going from Battlefield to Arma was a huge step. But it is by far the best uh, shooter I've ever played. <clears throat> I think I think the other thing, too, is, like, coming from either, like, a console straight over to PC and going, like, straight from, like, COD or Battlefield, you know, straight over to a game where, you know, it's not just point and click anymore. It's, like, you have to plan and go out. And then each time you can, like, just, you know, kind of get wrecked. Like, one minute, you know, you do the same mission and you get, like, you know, blown up by a hand grenade and next minute you know you're like oh i completed this whole entire thing and didn't even fire a fucking shot i think that's a big surprise and i think a lot of console players don't understand that kind of that kind of grasp of gaming yeah like one of the first things i always tell new players if they're brand new to arma and they're coming into our task force is i just tell them don't be surprised if you don't see any people that are alive you know the first op or two um you know enemies that are because it's it takes some time to get used to, you know, going in a map the size of a standard apartment and, you know, fighting against six other guys to 
a map that's, you know, 20 kilometers by 20 kilometers and just, you know, there's a, you know, there's a group of bad guys, but, you know, it takes, uh, it takes some experience to be able to get used to this type of gameplay. It's definitely way different than uh, Call of Duty or Battlefield. Oh, it's, it's a whole nother level of gameplay with a game like Arma, like, my perspective changed totally. I, I came into this being like, oh, you know, I'm fine. I played PUBG and then was lost in the sauce for two or three ops because it really is. It truly is a whole other level of gaming, really. Especially when you get hooked up with, with a Milsim group like, you know, like our, like ourselves, one two one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for most players, I think when they come in, I mean, my first experience coming into Arma, like not from Operation Flashpoint. I definitely knew like Operation Flashpoint also had a lot of keys back then. But coming back into like Arma 2, when I started playing Arma again, I was like, holy shit, this game's changed. And then even, you know, fast forward a couple years after that and go straight to Arma 3 and you're like, oh my God, there's even more fucking keys now I got to deal with. But I think that that's what make Arma, I think that's what makes Arma nice is the fact that like there's so many things to do besides flying, you know, driving cars or tanks or or being an infantry guy on the ground or just sitting back doing artillery. I think that's, I think that's one thing that's nice about Arma because Everyone who plays like COD or plays Battlefield, like, you know, the guys who are going to constantly fly airplanes or fly helicopters. And like, I remember Battlefield 2 when I was playing there, you know, on console, like it was a mad dash. You know, everyone was like mad dash to helicopters because you got to get the helicopter. And then like, you know, the guy doesn't even fly the helicopter. He like takes it up. He's a sniper. He goes, flies himself towards the edge of the map and just drops out and helicopter blows up, which is kind of shitty. But I think that's one thing that's nice. I mean... Cam, you came you came into Arma not even like being a pilot, but then becoming a pilot, right? Like, uh, how, like how was that set up for you? Because I, I know that's kind of like crazy. Well, basically, I came into Arma not being uh, a ground pounder. I came into Arma wanting that specific uh, aspect of the game was flying, uh, because there wasn't many games that I knew of that would allow me to do kind of what like daring mentioned battlefield i also had come from battlefield um and obviously you get the ground warfare and the airborne warfare of that game and that's kind of why it piqued my interest to to play arma was because of that three-dimensional type of gameplay whereas like other games like cod or or PUBG or any of those other games it was only like one kind of dimension where you're on the ground you're gunfighter and that's it but I've always liked aircraft and, and flying sims and all that stuff. So Arma, that, that's kind of piqued my interest about getting into Arma. Um, I yeah. completely skipped over Arma 2. Uh, my first interaction with Bohemian Interactive was Operation Flashpoint Dragon Rising for the Xbox. And Ooh. I will say that wasn't a very good uh, It wasn't their best experience. game, but yeah, like, it was still fun to play. I mean, it, if knowing what I know now, if I went back and played it for the time, it was just so hyper-realistic. Me coming off of games like Ghost Recon, um, Halo, uh, Call of Duty, that stuff on the original Xbox, playing Operation Flashpoint was too realistic to enjoy for the type of gamer that I was at the time. Because I would probably would have considered myself a casual gamer at that time. Uh, so going into Operation Flashpoint where it's hyper-realism, getting shot from nowhere, not being able to see a single enemy, uh, going through a mission where you don't really know what the objective is because it's not a linear type of battle where a uh, campaign of Call of Duty would be you pretty much fall on this rail and shooting targets through a map that's very one direction. Yeah. Uh, it was very 
the experience was very overwhelming and I didn't play a whole lot of it and I wish that I had given it another chance, but uh, fast forward to like three years ago, four years ago now, uh, mm-hmm. getting into Arma, it completely changed my opinion on the whole genre. I think it puts like a, it puts like a bigger, you know, it, it makes you realize like, yeah, you're not just one dude like in Medal of Honor or Call of Duty where like you're just winning the war by yourself. Like you go do an operation on Arma, even some of the multiplayer operations are the solo campaign. It's not like campaign from Bohemia. Like, yeah, that definitely shows you, Hey, you're not an individual person. Like you still got to deal with a lot of other things, but a lot of the modders that make missions, I think they also try to throw that in perspective when they, when they make those missions, they're kind of like, Hey, like, yeah, I understand like you're one dude, but you can't win the whole war by yourself. You have to, you know, have air assets, ground assets and everything else in between. Yeah, I mean, like, for example, Iker, me and you can look back to when we played uh, 7th Cavs Invade Nanex server. Yeah. You'd see guys who come from, uh, like, your console games or Battlefield, and they you just see random guys on the map just running around by themselves. And then they just they get killed by a group of enemies, or they run up on a tank or something, and you don't, they just don't realize how in-depth the movement is. And what they have to do, and then you get to like the, I think, what was it? They had the normal standard, infantry, the yeah, standard like, the, like infantry, and then they had the SF group in there somewhere. Yeah, and like, I think it's it was like, like years. 7 Cav, man, big shout out to those guys, because those guys, their invading annex servers is very well taken care of, and they have it very well set up. Like, if you're just going to go be a regular infantry guy, then you don't need to hop on their team speak, and you're going to have unlimited stamina, so you're going to see guys carrying these big-ass launchers, big-ass oh, yeah. bag, and like thousands of ammo rounds you know with them and then i did like how they set up their their special forces side of the house on there it was a small squad you had all those other sf missions when you when you completed one of them you kind of got piece of equipment or you got some some other stuff coming into you whatnot which was great but they also introduced like oh you have stamina as a sf dude you have this um their ground their tank guys they were all like the same as regular infantry but i also love how they did their their flight stuff so i think the way Seven Cav kind of started their their invading annex really kind of helped propel them for players coming in, you know, that are going to be fixed wing or rotary wing, you know, because they're like, oh, you have to be in the team speak, and if you want to coordinate ground strikes, you were talking to some dude on the ground through the team speak as well, which is nice. And it wasn't using TFAR or Anchor, but it was just using their channel that they had for it, oh, which yeah. is great. I mean, a lot of people stepping all over each other in that in that channel sometimes, but I think overall it really. I think that's what kind of got me because even being an SF dude, I was like, okay, I don't need it. We don't, you know, we're going to have one guy on the radio in the helicopter. That's fine. He's going to be on, on team speak. Um, but you know, it was nice to be able to be, be the SF group and like using that call sign they had for him and calling in air assets to come help you immediately. Cause they would, I think they kind of, that kind of made me go like, okay, I'm going to take a step and go Milsim. Oh, uh, definitely. Cause I, I mean, that's where me and you met. Yeah. I mean, um, that, that's it for you guys. don't know. Yeah. That's where, that's where me and Eric met. I mean, a lot of us, the guys that kind of started Task Force One Two One, I mean, we all met there. And we're like, you know, we're gonna go fucking do this. I mean, this is yeah, we, we we can do it. I mean, it may be a small group, but we'll do it ourselves. I definitely think that Invade and Annex was is definitely a good introduction point to go to because it it gives you where you can come from, like Battlefield and stuff, and kind of get your head wrapped around the entirety of Arma. Do it without the stamina, which. I, uh, is not as fun 
as running it with stamina and limited carry capacity. Um, it takes everything that makes armor what it is away from you. Yeah, just puts you back into like battlefield. But if you go do a server that has that stamina, it it definitely multiplies the aspect of the game. Right. Now let's kind of let's move away from like you know kind of where our roots started and like let's go back a little bit. It's still kind of in our roots, but let's talk about like first milsim groups. Were you were were any of you guys in a different milsim group before coming to this one? Um, and I mean, there's a lot of good milsim groups out there. I mean, I give mad props to everybody that's out there. I mean, you got you got units like Seven Cav, you got Vietnam units, you got um, ODST units, World War II units. I mean. It's great to see a variety, but where did you guys come into and to be like, hey, why? So my, I guess my main question is, well, what made you want to go join a Milsim? I think what made me like jump into Milsim was, again, I I played with four other guys on console on Battlefield, and we we eventually ran into about a 10-man squad that we ended up joining them. And so it was somewhat like a Milsim in Battlefield, but we needed more immersion. So and like, the immersion wasn't there for you. Like, just the, the immersion. Like... Yeah, like we would have like everybody talking to each other on like through an Xbox party. We'd have guys in tanks, guys in aircraft, guys on the ground. But like there wasn't, we needed more immersion. And yeah. it, our Arma 3 really brought that immersion to like to the light. So were you in different? So did you start a Milsim with those guys, or did you just it like was, look for another unit? It was like a casual. Just we just met up and we started playing with each other more and more. Came friends on Xbox, and it was like a casual. It wasn't like an official Milsim, but we all had the same mindset of that's how we wanted to play. Oh, okay. So it'd be like all of a sudden there'd be fourteen, fifteen guys on one team in a battlefield server that all had comms, all communicated. We all did different roles. But we still wanted more. And that's what kind of led you to Arma and looking for a Milsim? Yeah, that's what led me off the console onto PC. And then I found this Milsim because this was my first one. Okay. Anybody and else? It opened yeah, my eyes. I've got a pretty good story. Uh, me and my younger brother used to uh, play Arma 2. We never got into Milsims. We did a little bit of the uh, multiplayer stuff, but uh, I kind of fell off of it. And mm -hmm. uh, I walk in one day, see what he's playing. And I'm like, oh, this looks like Arma 2, but the graphics look better, you know, back in, what, 2013. Uh, <laughs> but he's like, oh, it's new Arma 3, and I found this group of guys that I'm playing with. And I was like, oh, I don't know. He's like, dude, you got to try it. It's awesome. We're, he's like, it's called a Milsim. And I, that was the first time I had ever even heard of that. So I was like, okay, you know, let me see what this is about. And I uh, bought it, and that's my introduction to a Milsim. I was like, okay, the structure, that's kind of cool. Um and for the Arma 3 part of it, it was like first experience with Zeus, which I think is one of the coolest parts of a Milsim is you have access to people that do that kind of thing compared to just playing on rando servers and stuff. Yeah. That's just my little take on it. Uh, well, I my start, I guess, on Arma 3 uh, was... Uh, similar to you, uh, I started out in an Invading Annex server, um, <clears throat> but it was not 7th Cav. I um, started out with 77 JSOC. Uh, they had two Invading Annex servers. Um, one was just on Altus, and the other one, I believe, was on Tanoa. Um, and they were set up pretty... I think they were set up a little bit more simpler than um, 
or seventh cav servers it was just uh you know you equipped what you could um they had stuff whitelisted out of the arsenal so you couldn't wear like enemy gear and stuff um <clears throat> but basically you just uh would get invited to a squad uh or you could put out a message saying you know you were looking for a squad and uh you know uh, one of the team leaders would invite you and it was just all random um you know i played with different people every time and um you know we would go out and secure an objective and then we would come back um you know by the helicopter pilots and stuff and uh, it was definitely a really good way to get into arma um i yeah. recommend always starting out you know on a server that's like that like um invade and annex if you want to do pve and then i believe i've never played king of the hill but i believe that's pvp um <clears throat> but it's uh you know it was a really good awesome start out i still sometimes even go back into this uh 77 uh jsoc just you know getting back to my roots and uh having a little bit of fun um you know and there's no mods so normally the game runs really smooth uh but when i decided i wanted to play in a more organized uh group and you know kind of get those friends that you know would be constant instead of just random people um i started playing with a smaller group uh they didn't really have a name we just played on a live server played with them for maybe three or four months and then i went looking around for a larger group and i found task force uh and uh it was definitely uh it was definitely a lot of fun joining. I felt very welcome and I could just, you know, do what I wanted, be my own person. Like I think on day three in the task force, I was holding trainings for people as like a brand new private. So, um, you know, and that's just one thing I like to do is just educating people and helping people. Yeah. Um, and it helped me, you know, kind of grow into where I am here, uh, like my position in the task force right now. Um, and I just crossed my three years with the task force and couldn't be happier. Nice. Yeah, congrats on that, by the way, mailman. Thank you. Happy anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> did anybody uh, else come from? Darren, did you come from another one? No, this was the first group I joined. I uh, I watched Arma, like I said, a lot on YouTube. A friend of mine ended up buying a PC, and uh, Cole from Fifth, actually. And uh, anyway, he was like, dude, you got to check out this group I found. Sent me the information for 121, and then a week later, I had one nice PC and one very angry wife, so... I mean, but you still got the wife. That's now, rough. Right? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She enjoys the peace and quiet. Oh, that's good. Yeah, she probably doesn't want you running around the house just drinking beer, yelling. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Anybody else coming from another milsim, or was everybody else just came here? I mean... I, I came from another milsim, but it was, uh, funnily enough, uh, a battlefield sim uh, milsim. Um, so back around like 2014-ish, whenever Battlefield Three was starting to reach its peak slash ebb off as popularity and uh battlefield 4 started to come about um i was uh i was obsessed with battlefield so i was playing all the time uh any chance i could and uh obviously flying so uh there was one match i can't remember exactly how it started the conversation but i was getting complimented on my flying skills because uh which is surprising in that game usually you get hated on for being a good pilot but I hate uh, on for everything in that game. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I was talking to this one guy that was telling me about Milsim, and I was like, well, how how does that work? Because it's 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 a PvP game. It's a multi multi or massive multiplayer, I guess. You know, uh, even for Xbox, it was uh, thirty two on thirty two. I can't remember exactly how many 
players per team it was on the Xbox it was, 360. It was a time. 64 total lobby for Battlefield 3. Yeah, so on so. Xbox, uh, that was quite a few players per team, and and we got talking about it, and uh, the owner of the Milsim had rented a server, and I got invited to go on their server to do some training and some BCTs, basic combat training, yeah, uh, as best as Battlefield could emulate the BCTs. And uh, I ended up being one of the better players out of like the several people that they were recruiting. And uh, it took a little while to do what I wanted to do, which was fly. But uh, towards the end of it, I was uh, I was pretty much flying most of the missions for that unit, and it got to a point where we we're doing like uh, Milsim unit versus other Milsim unit on a dedicated server, which was pretty neat. Being able to do uh, joint slash uh, PVP op uh, with an entirely other Milsim unit. And it was just really fun, and then interest kind of stifled off because I think it was like the time of year. Um, my my hobbies and stuff kind of fo- focused me more towards motorcycles and paintball and other stuff outside. So I wasn't really playing yeah. as much Battlefield anymore. So the so the interest kind of ebbed off a little bit there. But um, I got back into Battlefield a lot because you know winter time comes and there's nothing to do but play video games. And uh, I was missing that hole that I really enjoyed being part of a, a greater greater cause even in the video game game world and um i had purchased battlefield or battlefield i purchased arma uh arma 3 uh recommended by a couple of friends and i played a little bit of campaign and then put it down and then one day decided to try to map my joysticks to the helicopter controls to see if i could fly somewhat simulator like uh flying but it 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 was okay and I, i played some multiplayer on arma um, like King of the Hill and stuff like that. Uh, played some Zeus missions, but I was like, you know, I really, really want to get back into the whole Milsim thing because it's just like this game seems like it's built for it, but like I don't know. And so I started the search. I put a post up on Steam, um, and one of our guys that is a little bit inactive, but I think he's still with the unit, uh, was the second one to message me. I was actually in discussion with another uh, unit uh, player from another unit. Right. And uh, if if they had had a more regular schedule of things, I might not be here. But who knows? Um, but they they weren't really doing anything. It was like a couple of days before they really wanted to do anything. I was like, I really kind of want to get into it like today or tomorrow. And uh, ended up talking to this person. They got me in contact with the person that was in charge of the 160th um, unit in our task force. And pretty much the next day, I was uh, flying with with our unit and uh from then on is history it's good what is yeah. um what what is for for newer players what is one thing like when a new armor player comes because let's be honest right now lunar sales going on and you know that that means you're going to have influx of players usually christmas time is another influx of players um and it kind of sucks i mean you look at most mill sims they're usually you know either 16 and up or 18 and up um, but you know, you get these guys that, you know, they watch dyslexia all the time or they watch Soviet Womble. Um, you know, they watch, you know, all the other guys that are streaming Arma and whatnot. What is one piece of advice? We'll just go top to bottom. Like what is one piece of advice that, that you would give a new player when searching for a Milsim? Oh, uh, probably definitely make sure that you mesh with everybody. Cause I mean, the ops could be great or the ops could suck, but if you're not having fun with the person next to you, then it turns into a job, and you don't want it to turn into a job. Uh, 
but just be ready for an overwhelming amount of information uh, yeah. with that as well. But yeah, pretty much just find a unit that's kind of relaxed and, and laid back as far as like interacting with them goes. And then, then you probably grow right with them. Daring, what, what, uh, what's one piece of advice you give a new armor player looking for a milsim? Uh, no matter what you're doing, give it four or five ops. Um, don't base your assessment of that unit or that task force on one op. Give it four or five ops before you before you make a judgment call. That's a that's a real good one. I know sometimes our ops are yeah, sometimes our ops are really slow. I mean, you know, not not all Zeus's are the same and whatnot. So I mean, that I like that piece of advice. What you got, Eric? About to come back to me. I'm thinking of something. Uh, of course, he's he's a little slow. Pointers. Um. I would say I run into a lot of new recruits and they, what I tell them the most is don't get overwhelmed. There's, if they're new to Arma, there's so many keybinds and you usually don't figure out what those keybinds do until someone's shooting at you. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like so everybody like, that presses G, they open their inventory. Yeah. And it's just like. God damn it, like, I was going to say that. It's just like, go into it with an open mind, and just remember, you're learning. There's so much to learn in Arma when you start out, and you just, you just got you to be willing to learn. Yeah. I would, I would say that that's probably my biggest advice. What about, uh, what you got, my man? Uh, well, there's normally a lot of stuff I tell new players, but, um... You know, one of the biggest things I tell them is just play the game you want to play. Uh, you know, I <clears throat> unlike, you know, Call of Duty and all that stuff where there's a ranking, you know, system, not that there's much organization behind it, but, like, you know, you always want to get to the higher level and all that. I mean, if a player wants to come in and just, <clears throat> you know, be a private the whole time, which, you know, he probably won't be, but, um, you know, that's, in my eyes, that is 100% totally okay. I, you know we need people who are like that because if we have too many chiefs, that's a problem. And, um, you know, and even if they get like some type of promotion to where they would be put in a leadership role that they don't want, you know, they have to say something because if they're in a position that they don't want to be in, then, you know, that's just going to cause problems down the road. So, I mean, you, you got to play the game how you personally would want to play it. You know, never put yourself in a position where you can be, um, just not having fun doing what you're doing. Yeah. What about you, Timber? What you what you got for new armor players? Uh, if I was going to give any advice to a new armor player, uh, this is going to be kind of based more specifically to somebody looking for a milsim. Uh, check out a bunch of milsim pages before you decide to just hop in one. And in my opinion, try to find one that sounds or reads off on their page like they're personable. Because if you're new to armor, the chances are you're going to have a struggle getting used to keybinds, especially if they play with mods. And some of the more strict people, while awesome people, they, you know, I've kind of heard and found that some people might not be as patient with you. So I would just say test the waters before you actually join a Milsim and just kind of see what the flow and vibe is like. Because if you've got an easy growing group of guys, it definitely definitely helps when you can just laugh about something over you know you tossing a grenade and fragging a fire team and people are mad at you you know yeah and i think good to touch on what timber was saying that's another thing too with arma like with brand new players there there's all different types of milsims there's 
there's ones that are hardcore milsims where it's rank and it's yes sir and there's just casual milsims too like timber said you try to try a few a few different kinds because you you may end up liking one that you didn't think you would yeah and that's that's kind of where i was going too i mean you have to also kind of see what the sim is like if they're just all buddy buddy you know even during operation time i know for us we're not a, a, a no sir yes sir we're, i mean we're not that kind of unit um but i think there is a, a level of professionalism when it comes down to uh you know hanging out versus you know pre-op and like briefing that when it comes to like okay it's operation time it's go time and you know yeah you're always gonna have those guys um they're you know just gonna fuck around and whatnot in op but then you got the guys that really take it seriously and i think that's where a lot of milsims kind of have an issue is either the whole yes sir no sir or the whole how strict are you going to be during op seems like a lot of units either go straight towards like during op time 100 percent milsim or like they just go casual and they do have a hard time figuring out a nice middle ground yeah um so i mean that's i love i love all the input that we get from that um you know i think one thing the army community is really lacking is a like yeah everyone that plays armor is like oh i play arma i play arma and but then like arma is an extremely toxic community as well like you know sometimes you join a unit like oh we're the best unit in the fucking world like all right yeah good for you and then they last all of you know like six months and they're they're gone um, but I think with that being said, like, I hate seeing a toxic army community. Like, I really want to see it grow me better. I mean, we all love this game and this game is what over six years, seven years old now. Uh, yeah, roughly right around there, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Armor release date, September 12th, 2013. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been out, you know, for a definite hot minute and most games that are out like that, you know, have already faded away. And I think that's what makes Arma great is you have a good community of players, but within that community if you go look on like the steam pages for like looking for armor stuff it is complete 100 percent toxicity in there and that's one thing that i really hate i'd love to see units work together and and do things yeah not always join ops join ops don't always work for every unit but i think making a better community i think is part of that and like reaching out to the newer players and help those newer players out is what really makes it better because you see a lot of guys come come and go from your milsim units or you know your communities but I think with that being said, though, you watch them leave and they're like, oh, well, this is what I did my last unit and it was really, it worked really, really well. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, that's very true. One of my first interactions here is actually what kept me coming back. It was so, you know, just welcome with open arms. Um, shout out actually to Dopey. He, uh, you know, like he said to me, like, hey, you're going to mess up. Don't worry about it. Like, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a learning curve. So just, you know, take it in stride. Um, you could tell that there was no toxicity in this group when I got here. Everybody was like, hey, you know, welcome, welcome me with open arms. It was nice. Yeah, and that's one thing, like, I, I always say it about our task force in general is that we're a family. But, I mean, you know, some task forces you go to, you just don't, you don't feel that family. Yeah, there may be some camaraderie there with a couple individuals. Because I see it all too often. You have guys that, you know, come to a unit and are like, oh, it's me and, like, three other dudes. And you're looking at like, oh, like, what happened did you guys get kicked out or you know like what's the deal why are you guys you know all three of you and you're just like oh it's only you know three guys i played with then and my last milsim and i want to play with them here and then you're kind of like okay well we'll see how things go usually those guys last for the sir you know a couple months and then they leave but 
I think, you know, being a family and playing other games together, because some units all they do is play armor together, and that's it. I would yeah, like I mean, to say that that is the most attractive thing to me about uh, TF121 is that while armor being the bread and butter, chances are if you play a game, somebody else plays it. So if you really want to find somebody to play another game with, that's definitely something that you can attain here. Yeah, and something I can throw onto that. I mean, it's not just it's this group goes way outside of games too. That like other games that we play. I mean. You know, I I mean, I came to your wedding back in March, and I mean, Winters yeah. in here, I mean, he, in when I had to move in July, I had to move from Wisconsin to Washington State, and Winters lives in Boston, Mass., and he actually flew into Wisconsin. We hung out for like three or four days there, and then he helped me drive from Wisconsin out to where I'm living now in uh, Washington. Yeah. And I mean, then he, you know, hung out here for a day or two and then flew back. I mean, you know, I don't really know if I've ever belonged in another group um, outside of, I guess, real life friends, you know, which we're not like, you know, in a big gaming group together. Um, You know, I don't know if I can even name another group that would do something like that for people. Like, I, I, I think there's other groups out there that are the same way. I mean, yeah, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't want to stroke our own ego, and that's something that I don't want to do. But, like, you know, we do have a good close group of friends, blah, 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 uh, friends here, like, all tongue tied. Um, but I think it's also like designed as a family, and I think there are other groups that are like that. Um, like, I see that, like, looking at seven calves, like, stuff, I see those, they have a lot of close guys, and I think it's most of the senior staff guys that are, are a lot closer. The younger guys, I think they all kind of, you know, coming in, like, oh my God, wide eyed, bushy tailed. Looking on armor, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be so fun. This is gonna be great. And then you know, you spend three hours later, you know, five thousand hours, or you know, three years later and five thousand hours strong. You're like, okay, why am I still playing this game? Um, but I think it's you know due to the friendships that you make. I mean, yeah. that, that's sorry. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, most definitely. I wasn't saying that there aren't other groups. I meant to basically say like I've never experienced another group like that, and that's, um, you know, that's one thing that's kind of keeping me here. I mean, you know, the fact that I've met up with people uh, like four times in total um, outside of, you know, just playing games, you know, like people in this task force. Like, that's one thing that's keeping me here for sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, for example, like the seventh cab situation, like that's when we started the task force, like what, five years ago now, I think. Kind yeah. of all blended together by now. Um. That that was one of the main goals. Is like we went from playing Seventh Cav, Tac Realism Two, and their Invade Annex, and we we realized that shit. This is not how we want to do things. Like it, it sucks because you see guys that come in to the Seventh Cav, and then like for that what six months we were playing Invade Annex, you'd see guys come in and out that. Oh yeah, this is this is fun until you know you got a mandatory trainings, uh, and I can't make it because of my work schedule, and then I, I I get kicked out or I get busted down rank and everything. It's like that's not it, it it's not toxic. It's it's how Seventh Cav has always been. I mean, uh, they have they have so many Milsim. players. Yeah, they're very hardcore. Man, and there's so a, many players. There's a lot oh, of Milsims that are that are like that too, where it's where it's mandatory training, like. When I recruit, you, there's so many milsims that require training and everything, and a lot of guys just want to hop on and get get to the op that night or 
the next night. And they say Arm is like somewhat of a dying community, and I I think that's a little reason why. Yeah. Because people people wanna they want instant gratification, and they yeah, they, it, wanna, it, they just want to play. And uh, not to step backwards in the conversation, but like go back to the toxicity of the community. When we first started, we were trying to get our server set up. I mean, we asked multiple people for assistance on certain things, and it was a lot of, no, why would we help you? You guys are starting a new unit. It's like, what the hell? It should at yeah. least try and help people with that kind of stuff, because, I mean, we ran into it. Mul- even, even, like, when I started working on the server, I asked some people, and it was like, why would we help you? It's like, come on. Like, I'm out of my fucking depth with this. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that too being said, I mean, like, you know, uh, and I will say, you know, as a Milsim and a task force, we've had our share of hiccups. But I, I always give the benefit of the doubt to even, like, you know, the whole entire situation we had a couple months ago with some yeah. people leaving the unit, you know, and now they got their own task force running up. And I give them mad props. I mean, the good thing about them, too, was some of the guys that did leave were like, hey, if you need anything, Iker, you know, let us know. I'll, I'll come back and give you a hand with anything. And that is the kind of thing. And, you know, talking with him a couple months ago or a month ago about, uh, you know, like, hey, how are things going? He, you know, you know, his idea of how he wants his stuff to run is all one thing. How I, I want my stuff run is another. But I think the other thing between myself and that other person from that task force now is that we both are in the same consensus that we want Arma to not be toxic. We want, you know, other units to help other units out. It shouldn't be that way in a video game world, I would say. want this game to keep going. Yeah, I mean, even if it's, you know, Arma, you know, we got 2.0 now. Um, you know, so when <laughs> Arma 3.0 comes out, I mean, that would be even better. And then when Arma 4 eventually releases after Arma, you know, 10.0, you know, that would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> And even um, something else to think about yeah. with that, the some about the community thing, all these different milsims, you know, you can help out another milsim and not lose a player base because they could be from another side of the world. So that would even affect your player base. So I think that's uh, definitely an awesome thing to keep an open mind about helping other milsims because you never know. You may help those, you may help a smaller milsim out, and then seeing that, you might get. 20 or 30 players because that Milsim decides these guys are cool enough and they've got it figured out. We're going to jump on board. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I mean, that's great, but I even think even lending a hand to the units that are, you know, maybe in the same time zone as your unit is doing the same exact days your unit is and the same exact kind of modern operations that you're playing, you know, like by all means, give them a hand, you know, help them out. I mean that, I think that's, that's what makes it better. I think that's, that's what really makes the Arma group grow. But the, the, um, the community I find is what brings this game together. I, uh, it's funny. Like, there's no other game in the world I've ever played where I've met people that don't live that far away from me, and then end up having plans like Viking from Fifth. Um, basically, where I met him was in Arma, and find out you know he lives less than four hours from me. So you know, when things subside with all of this COVID stuff, we're we have plans to hang out. That's that's real good. Well, the community really brings this game together for me. Um, I've made a lot of good friends here. That's real good. I mean, that's the thing. You got to make friends while you're playing the game. I mean, if you're not making friends, I mean, what's the point of playing a game? I, mean, I think yeah, that's you... one of the beauties of our unit because of the size of it. And I know it seems like a lot of the toxicity stems from uh, uh, this overwhelming competition for numbers. But it seems like over the few years that I've been here, uh, the numbers aren't really the biggest 
you know, sought after thing that we need. It's more cohesion than anything. And yeah, things with like seventh cav, like, yeah, I'm sure they're great. I've never been in, in seventh cav. I've played a couple of like just random, uh, server matches, uh, with you guys on a server cat, uh, seventh cav server. And, uh, it just seems like having a unit that big with that many pieces and moving parts, it just seems like a lot of this stuff, the camaraderie, the friendship, the community, it seems to slip through the cracks with a unit that's that size. Whereas, you know, not to, you know, pat ourselves on the back too hard, but it's just like we are growing always and we're, we're fluctuating numbers. But for the most part, even with the new people, it doesn't take long for the new people to kind of make their place here. If they're going to stay here, they, they, they kind of start to settle in and, and find their place sooner than, than other milsims would. Yeah. Um, because of that whole community aspect, which is great. I think, I think that's the other thing too. I think one thing I, I always stress is like I, I don't care about numbers. I mean, this task force could could up and die and still have me myself and I, you know, or two or three other people, and I would still you know run the task force as a, a task force. And I think that's where a lot of units have issues is because you know once they start seeing numbers dwindle, other people start jumping ship because some units it's all about numbers. Um, there were a couple Marine Corps units a couple years ago. And man, I went over there. We had oh, a player. Yeah I, remember that. yeah, I had a player leave the task force. He was like, "Hey, it's just not my cup of tea anymore. I want to go do marine stuff. I don't want to do army stuff." And at the time, I you know I wasn't like entertaining the idea of you know having a marine unit in the task force. Um, <clears throat> so I went over and went and talked to to their group. That's what they're talking to him like, "And who the fuck is this?" They're like, "Oh, this is Iker. You know, he's here just you know to just chit chat." So I was chatting with him, and the whole entire time, like you know, trying to help this guy kind of not just go back into the as a base private into another milsim you know like hey you know this is what he did for our unit you know he helped us with this he helped us with team speak helped us with the you know the websites did all this other stuff you know he's a very valuable player and you know and like talking to him we're like oh yeah well you know we're the best you know we got the greatest numbers and blah 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 you know just kept going on and like and i don't want to say it but like you know they were just like sucking each other's cock about like how good their 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 milsim was and i was kind of like okay so finally, I was like, all right, well, you guys have a good one. They're like, oh, if you ever want to do, you know, join ops together. I was like, all right, yeah, we'll talk about it later. And then uh, I heard from that player like six months down the road. And I was like, hey, man, like, you know, how's how's your Milsim over there going? You know, how's the new unit? He's like, bro, they they crumbled within like four months of me being here. I was like, oh, dude, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, you know. And like, he doesn't play ARM anymore, but, um, you know, I felt bad for him because, you know, he went to a unit that was kind of, you know, wanting him to come over and whatnot. And then they just kind of crumbled. And I think that's the other thing too is like, if you play the numbers game, you're gonna you're like, if you play the numbers game in a milsim, no matter what's gonna happen, you're gonna end up losing players because your focus is on numbers, not the individuals, not not the game itself. It's you know just focused on oh, I want to have 120 players in my unit. Great, have 120 players on a server every night. That's fine, but don't make that your priority. I mean, make make your players priority. Like, hey, taken care of. You know, this guy and this guy, you know, that have this stuff going on in real life or we got all these new players and we want them, you know, to do better. I think, you know, that that's what makes makes the uh, Milsims and task forces better. Because obviously, if you don't take care of your player base, it matter Numbers don't matter. You're yeah, exactly. not going to have a player base to build upon. Yeah. But, um. All right, let's move it on a little bit. Let's uh, let's talk favorite mods, man. Give me like two or three of your favorite mods. Why and you know discuss it. And anybody, what's your, someone's favorite mod? Come on. Well, are we um, talking client side mods. Or are we talking yeah. server side mods? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Either way, man. Like my list. 
either way, like what are what are your favorite like like two or three top favorite mods? Doesn't matter if it's client side or or server side. All right, so I'm specifically gonna be having my two based off of flying, um, and client side would probably be right now. I, I would have to say the additional measurements mod. It's a very small mod, but it, it definitely adds a, that bit more of realism as far as uh, readouts go. Uh, it's nice to have, and it makes things uh, a lot easier when you're trying to sync up like gauges and stuff to other thing, other readouts. Uh, I was going to say like Blast Core, which is a nice visual mod, but you can't have Blast Core without sound mods, and there's a whole list of sound mods that I would have uh, on top of Blast Core to kind of add to immersion. But uh, for server-side mods, uh, right now my favorite mod is definitely our uh, high-fidelity UH-60 pack. Uh, that thing is an awesome machine, and I cannot wait for them to continue slash finish development on that. Uh, but yeah, those are my two choices. Anybody else? Yeah, uh, I mean, one of mine is, uh, like Cam said, Blastcore. Um, you know, we went through a little period where um, we were trying to figure out some issues, and we didn't have any client-side mods loaded, and, you know, it just felt weird without my you know sound mods and then blast core added to it um but now that's back it's just i mean it's awesome it just completely changes um you know your aspect of the game with it and i enjoy it um then another one of mine uh is probably it's probably gonna have to be unsung i really enjoy unsung uh well vietnam era uh just for how simple it is i mean i like the simplicity i know a lot of people don't like that they like their technology and gadgets and complex machines yeah but i mean one of my favorite things to do when we rotate to nam i mean i don't really do it anymore given where i am but um sometimes i'm still able to sneak in there and uh, i just i love taking point in nom because it's just you got to be on your toes and it's just you know you can kind of get the adrenaline going you the know, first you, guy swagged hitting a bungee bit and yeah gotta be careful and i mean it's it's just a lot of fun for me um you know and uh, i like jungle patrols with that so um but you know not only for the ground side i mean uh the um flying the hueys in you know, our nom rotations is like, you know, it's just hard to decide what I want to do because I love flying Hueys. And, um, I mean, I also love just the ground warfare in Vietnam. So, uh, just the whole unsung mod pack is awesome. And, uh, the last one is, it's always been a favorite of mine. Um, not for its use in the game, but for what it does for other players. Uh, it, it would have to be the emergent six pack. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it's, you know, and a lot of people find it annoying, but the, but I mean, for a lot of like newer players, it's just, it's something, I mean, it's just like, you know, it's a little, it's a little morale booster. Like, I mean, you know, Hey, we're cool. We're smoking video game cigarettes. We got cigarette packs and we got lighters and it's just like, you know, it's just, I like that part, you know, where, you know, for, um, you know, some people, they just find it annoying because they hear lighters clacking everywhere, but everybody, you know, it gives everybody like a little, almost like a pick me up, you know, they're, you know, they're just like, it's just, just the simple things that, um, you know, bring joy to people. That's, that's mostly why I like it. Yeah. So for me, there's three mods you have to play armor with personally. Um, as good as blast core and their sound mods are okay. ace, RHS and cup definitely add a whole new level to armor. 
Uh, especially Cup brings back a lot of stuff from Arma 2. Uh, RHS adds a lot of um, the whole RHS adds Russian vehicles. I think they do uh, art, or no, that's that is they do graph, and then they do uh, the United States Armed Forces. Ace definitely adds a whole new, very big dynamic to the game. So those are like, and interact with a lot more shit. So that's like your 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 prime three going to be Ace, oh, yes, RHS, definitely. And yeah. Anybody else got anything else? Um, oh, go ahead, Darren. I was just going to say, hey, like the advanced medical is amazing. Uh, the way it's set up, that mod is uh, it allows you to do so much more. It's so much more realistic. And I know this is going to be a funny one, but Task Force Arrowhead Radio, the fact that you can actually use a radio long range and short range and they work the way that they're supposed to is awesome for a video game. Yeah, I would I would say like my new favorite mod that I just found was the Jester mod. I know it's been out for a while, most likely, but I mean just putting that in with all the glow sticks in the back of my helmet, I think it's pretty dope. You saying I know you said you had something winners. Um, one of my favorite mods that my unit uses is probably the Gao nineteen Humvees. Just I mean, with being a small unit, if we we can sit on top of a hillside and really rain down some hell on people with a Gao nineteen fifty cal. And like having that added, like it's an up armored Humvee with a 240 on the side door. I mean, it's it's pretty fun rolling up in a town, having guys dismount, and knowing that you have that over your head. Yeah. And even though you're de- even though you're deaf after. Yeah, no, I I hate standing <laughs> in the thing when you guys fire it because like even with earplugs in and like the earplugs don't register for some reason on the weapon and just like instantly yeah uh move that vehicle away from me now (laughs) sitting in the gunner seat all night of it i mean you end up you end up with tinnitus in real life because it's just loud it's too loud it's ungodly loud (laughs) hashtag tanker helmet oh yeah okay timber what 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 do you got i mean being a tanker and everything you gotta have two Um, mods that make that thing better um, funny enough, my favorite mod that I think is probably Cat Medical. Anything. Uh, you know, I really enjoy being in the armored tank all the time, but that, in my opinion, is probably the most important mod when it comes to immersion. Because it just, like, you know, you can get hit inside of a Vic. You can get uh, penetrated. You've got guys wounded inside your Vic, guys knocked out inside your Vic. And it just adds such a a crazy depth of play for guys that are running like a medic instead of just walking up and hitting somebody with a first aid kit. Congratulations. You're no longer hit by a 25 millimeter. You're good. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, I think it is. I think it's just phenomenal. As irritating as it is to be shot up and bleeding out and not, you know, be limping through the field. But I think it's, it's an amazing mod that it just adds such, such a realism, realism immersion kind of feel to it. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to mods, I mean, let's be honest, there are so many out there that, you know, are fantastic other mods that are just, you know, shit. Um, but I mean, let's be honest, I think every Milsim unit has like advanced repelling, you know, urban repelling, uh, advanced sling load. You know, I it's really like most units have I would say probably about seventy percent of their mods are all about the all all the same. And there's always those units that have like you know, that's 70%. It's the other 30% that's like, 
you know, not heard of that people aren't using. You're kind of like, whoa, shit, look at that mod pack. That's that has some really cool shit in it. I like it. And you go through and like pillage their mod pack. Like, I like this. I like this. Well, thanks for giving me this idea. Um, <laughs> I think uh, for me, I really love A3U. Um, and I think it's a great mod pack. It's not a mod pack, but it's just a, a group of guys. I think there's one group of dude um, there in Germany, I think. But uh, they have everything in there, man, from making life easier on base. So you can be like, hey, uh, go to over there and you need medical perms. Go over there and get it. Or, hey, we have this Seaburn uh, mod that works really, really well. And I think their Seaburn stuff works even better because it makes it a little more difficult because you have to go through and, like, add all the you put the module down and you have to add all the pieces of equipment that you want to say hey this is seaburn qualified this allows you to go in contaminated areas and then when you come out of that area you know you have to go get decontaminated and god forbid you take your helmet off in it because you're just fucking gone i like mods that are that are more like that i think it definitely yeah I, i'm on board definitely things that add to the game not just you know a gun, a truck, you know, no offense winners, obviously, but okay. yeah, something that, something your mod choice sucks, yo. <laughs> yeah. A Humvee? Fucking really? You're, you're wrong. A Humvee, bro? A Humvee? Pick a For game pounder? Yes. <laughs> no, I mean, it just comes down to it. I mean, you think the other thing, like, what, what is the, the best average size of a mod pack, you would say, like, 20 mods, 30 mods, 40 mods. I mean, shit. I think back in the day, Eric, we had what, like 40 mods at one time. And it was rough then. I think we're sitting, what, now, like 25, 30? We're I mean, at uh, that, 30 currently. Yeah, but that's, I think that's not oh, we were at most like 50. Yeah, back in the day, like way back in the day. We yeah, it was like 50. It was pretty bad. We were like kids we, in a candy store. Did, well, I also didn't know how to smash them into one yeah. pack. Yeah. <laughs> that helps. No, but like if you're looking. I would say that's another thing too. If you're looking at like a unit, I mean, kind of going back to what we we're talking about originally, if you're looking for a unit, I mean, look at their mod pack as well. Cause some units that have like 70 mods that you have to download. And I'm not saying 30 mods is also 30 mods is a pretty decent size too. Um, but a lot of that is RHS graph, you know, it's all our cup stuff. And then a lot of other things. But with that being said though, like people that have problems with internet connections or download speeds, you know, like, yeah, it really does suck downloading 30 fucking mod pack, you know, to have 30 mods to play with a whole bunch of the people. I think mean, if they constantly change, like map mods are pretty easy to change because they're usually, you know, pretty small size for the most part. And God forbid when we go to unsung, like that mod pack is, is a massive mod pack. Yeah. It's I'm going to have to start unsung, that. Like, unsung, unsung half itself, early. Yeah. Yeah, Unsung itself is just massive, but the quality of what you get out of Unsung is is really fucking amazing. Any total conversion mods anybody likes? Besides Unsung. Total Ooh. conversion mods? Yeah, uh, like, the, uh, oh. like Unsung Halo. Yeah. Starship Trebuchet is only yes. one of the ones that's pretty pretty immersive if you want to, you know, kind of tie in Halo into the Arma game. Because a Halo is awesome as it stands. Yeah. If you're a fan of that kind of genre, but being able to do Halo in a game as immersive and complex as Arma, it completely adds a whole nother level to that universe of of gameplay. Like just the Halo universe itself. Because 
obviously, I mean, I think they're doing some changes where they actually have Covenant now, uh, but it used to be, you know, focused more on the Insurrectionists versus the UNSC. Yeah, like, yeah. And, I, I, yeah. yeah and, and you don't get to see that a whole lot in, like, the lore, like, you, you kind of do, but you don't. You, you have to kind of the, the books to be able do. to, uh, to be able to get that kind of information of what was going on in the Halo universe before first contact was made with the Covenant. And uh, you can kind of play that out and it adds a whole new spectrum of, of gameplay to it. So yeah, definitely Operation Trebuchet would be one of those conversion yeah, that, mods that I would choose. That's my like top top conversion mod just because of Halo. I'd say uh, one that I've been playing with recently that I absolutely love, adore, and like I give mad props. Like if I could meet the guys who make it, I would shake their hand because the complexity of uh, doing a teleporter um, from one point to another, you know, like you run up to the teleport pole or you run up to the flagpole, it's your teleport pole. And you're like, okay, bloop, you're there. The guys that are doing the Stargate stuff right now, hands down, amazing. Like the the comp, what's the word I'm looking for? The complexity of it um, is insane. Like, yeah, you got a Stargate and then you have another Stargate. Cool. That's your point to point teleport. And usually like you can turn it off but when you go through the teleporter, there is a scene where it shows you going through the Stargate. And like when you like dial the gate and it opens the gate, if you're on the other side of the gate and you dial it, you'll start to see the gate light up and it like rotates and like locks in on the different chevrons and different symbols. And then the gate opens up and you see the, the you know, the explosion of the wormhole. I guess you'd say it is like the liquid and it shoots out and then like it stabilizes. It does that. And then when you go into it, it shows you the whole entire scene, you know, like you going traveling through the Stargate and the wormhole, and then you arrive on the other side. Amazing. And like, they're, they're just scratching the surface right now because all the stuff they've been doing. But those guys, I think by far, like I, I'm going to do a Stargate op, you know, in our task force for, you know, a week or two, just to, you know, throw the mod in there and then do it. But then and I think there's also what alien mod. Has anybody ever played with that one yet? I know they got Starship Troopers one too. I think it's pretty dope as well. I would like to see the Starship Trooper. I've never seen it before. I'd like to play that. Fucking, fucking. I want to see Starship Troopers. I actually yes. want to see the bugs. I want to go see pretty the bugs. Pretty big fan of the uh, opposition mod. That's pretty awesome. That's the uh, mod. Yeah, Star Wars mod, man. It's, That's it's a different little... type of player. Yeah, it's... um. Yeah. At one point, I had played in a Star Sim. And, oh, really? Uh, that was yeah. It was it was pretty awesome, man. Uh, the what do you guys play as? You play as like you know uh, the, uh, the clones, they, or do you always guys playing as you know the Empire? Uh, we actually had played as the clones. They had a bunch of different detachments and stuff like that, which was kind of cool. I like Star Wars. I'm not a super huge lore connoisseur like some people that we have, um, but I enjoy I enjoy the platform. So for me, it was really cool to go. Hey, I know how armor works. Congratulations. You know, you're, you know, freaking clone trooper. It was, it was neat. It was cool to see. They have a bunch, I mean, just all kinds of ships, all kinds of aircraft, you know, the gunships in the Clone Wars with the ball turrets that shoot lasers. And just, it was just, it is really cool. It is a huge mod, but it's pretty neat if you can, uh, if you find somebody that runs it well. Um, 501st being one of the Star Sims. That is a big one, and there's actually three or four different uh, levels of "quote unquote" milsim as far as hardcore to relaxed that are off of that group. So it's kind of interesting. 
but it is super fun to play. So you're saying within their group, they have like three yes. other subgroups that have like, you know, super realism, realism, yeah, not so much. Yes, exactly. It, it's kind of cool. So if you're, if you're really into Star Wars and you like how Armor 3 is, maybe that's your niche. Hey, that's uh, definitely an option to go. Um, I can't remember what they call it. There's like a... <sighs> My uh, ignorance, Sean. They're some kind of galactic alliance deal uh, set up in that universe, and that's bro, what it's called. Star Wars? <laughs> Not really, bro. Star Trek. <laughs> they even have a Star Trek mod, man. That would. I Trek-y. actually kind of want to check that out. Not gonna lie. Hey, man. I fell asleep uh, to that when I was a little kid. <laughs> and you won't have any tanks, though. I want to uh, be Captain Picard. Of course you do. You're not cool enough. <laughs> <laughs> No, Live long I, and prosper, motherfucker. Yeah, there's only like from from what I've ever seen is like there's only like a handful of of like complete total conversion mods like opposition, unsung, um, you know, Halo, all those. Like there's only there's only a slight handful. I mean, even the Stargate is not even a complete conversion mod. It just adds a new splash screen, adds what, you know Stargate items. What was the name of the mod set for the World War Two? Oh, um, uh, Iron Front. Iron Front. There's another one. There's two of them. Yeah, shout out to that. That was uh, everything looked really good. The maps were good. The guns were good. Everything functioned properly. The uniforms looked good. I mean, I definitely like the Iron Front and man, I can't think of the other one. Faces of War. Faces of War. Yeah, I think if 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 they ever listen to this, I mean, I think one (laughs) thing is is to have like a bigger map. Like, yes, that's my. I like. Yeah, like. That's the other thing too. When it comes to armor maps, like if it ain't fifteen by fifteen, then I ain't gonna play on it. If it's ten by ten, no thanks. See ya. Like, like I think the biggest map I've seen what we did was Australia, and God forbid how how I don't remember how big that one was. Like, forty even by forty. The, yeah, forty by forty. Like I think the unsung map is also forty by forty, or it's twenty by twenty, maybe. Uh, like, depends on which one you're talking the, about. The the Nam two done by Seven Cav. Uh, I think that's twenty by twenty. I can look yeah. it up though, real fast. Yeah, like. That's to me like those maps are what it does not I think the only thing hurting Iron Front and Faces of War, I think, is map size because trying to find a World War II map is pretty difficult. They're all small. They're all very small, and I don't know how they do small. it. I've never been in a World War II milsim group, so I don't know if like they rotate out maps like every day or you know what's going on. I I don't know, but uh, yeah, mad mad props to the World War II guys. There's even um another one that I found out was pretty cool was was it seventeen. 16 something it was like a nassau one and it's a pirate one but like you don't like mouse be able to interact with stuff like you actually go up and like push a button and like you pull sails you know when you're like sailing on a ship it's pretty cool oh, that sounds oh, pretty wow. awesome that would be pretty dope. cool just screaming have at the <laughs> <laughs> but yeah anybody got anything else for tonight they want to touch on talk about well, like I said, I was going to change my answer a little bit for yeah, uh, for, for the uh, for the mods, or sorry, for the conversion mods. One thing that gets underrated and I think needs to be fixed and improved on is the uh, zombies and demons mod. Yes, that is always a fun time. It's a very, it seems like a pretty minuscule thing for conversion, but changing a modern op and adding zombies into it and freaking out your entire player base that. I wish we had done it the two Halloweens prior because this last one was fucking awesome. I'd never heard my guys and, and other ground units 
I I'd never heard the fear in voices like that before fighting like against zombie that. hordes coming at them and you know doing doing like a modern mission while that was, was going on it was just <laughs> was I was bigger guns smiling fucking ear to ear. <laughs> I I yeah. will admit part of that had to do with me <laughs> not doing that 2 years prior. Yeah, um, we had some issues with it before, it, but yeah, and I I have no clue how to run anything <coughs> with servers. <laughs> sorry, excuse me, sorry. Whoa, <laughs> no, yeah, it, it was totally craziness, to be honest. <laughs> to touch on what Cam said, yeah, uh, just having people not realize that it go that like because what like Icker said, we have a pretty we have somewhat serious attitude on op, um, compared to like being relaxed, really relaxed, like before and listening to people not realizing that it's gone from a military operation to I need to save my life now. And that, especially for, for with, the zombies, that, <laughs> with zombies. With zombies, it's, that it's, it's hilarious. It went exactly like this for me. All right, guys, stay on formation, stay in line. And then two seconds later, it was run, run, everybody run, run. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not even like, not even stay in, not even stay in fight. It's just you know, we got all these big guns and they're just zombies coming at us. Everybody run! Pushes forward and then all of a sudden he's hightailing it back behind everybody. Run for it! I, I remember Jesus. we're we're sitting on a helicopter in the middle of a field and there's about a hundred zombies surrounding the helicopter and the pilot's like, "I need to get the rest of the guys on." I'm like, "No, you need to take off now, <laughs> now." Take, they're lost. Take cause off. Evil. Yes. Oh man. <laughs> Oh, that and the um, was it Drago's? Not st- uh, it wasn't the stalker market. I don't think that was working. It was Drago's entities or something. I have to look at it. I haven't looked at it in a while, but um, it added these these entities that were kind of demonic like, but they were very niche, um, like specters almost. Um, what's that? What's that one that kind of hangs out in the woods? It looks like the deer. I'm trying to remember the name of that it now. That would be a Wendigo. Yeah, the, the Wendigo and that thing, the noises it made. Oh my god, it was amazing. I will tell you before, before we close out here for the night. There was uh, was it Namalsk? I think Eric. The Namalsk. Yes, map. don't get me started. On so, that. so, so, so we had a guy in our unit. He's like, "Hey, I got a great map. I'm gonna do it up." And we're like, "Okay, cool." God damn it, shit. So he plays. He puts Namalsk on, and we're like, "Okay, cool. This is a pretty sweet map." And we're all just hanging out in there, and like our first op, you know, because this is when I used to Zeus and play in the op as well. So like we Zeus, and like we're moving out, and then we get to the woods, and then in the woods you hear this little girl like laughing, and then. Yeah. You hear it, and, and then, then, like, it goes away, and you're like, what was that? Like, did anybody else hear that? And then next thing you know, you're like, bro, did you fucking hear that? And like, I didn't hear it this time. And then you keep going further from the woods, and it becomes, like, more and more often. Or It's just what it sounds like. Yeah. But finally, like, I think we did, like, two ops, and we're like, all right, we're not playing this map anymore. Get, just get rid of it. We're not doing this well, anymore. <laughs> it's well, too scary. Like, <laughs> we're fighting Russians anyways, but yeah, these little girls' voices in the woods are freaking me out, man. <laughs> the the oh. worst part was, I think it was me and you, we reached, like, the center of the map. And by this point, we are like kind of figured out where the voices were coming from, and they would progressively get louder. We go into this fucking bunker. I think oh, yeah. it's like right at the center of the map, and all of a sudden you hear, "Help me!" And they're like, "What the fuck?" No, yeah, dude. No, yeah, we're we, out. I, we 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 were all like, "Yeah, we're not blowing up this map." But it's a beautiful map, by the way. If you want to play on it, just be, <laughs> just be aware, <laughs> just that, just be aware the that the woods are haunted. <laughs> yeah, we'll play in the dark alone. Yeah. <laughs> that was the part. we did it at night too that was that's what got us we were at night 
It's like it's like playing the forest in VR. Like you just you just oh, don't God. do it by yourself. Hey, yeah. you want to play the forest in VR? Nope, I'm, I'm good. willing. I'm willing. Like phasmophobia too, man. That one got me pretty. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think I played that. I think I played like three games in in VR, and I was just like, "All right, this is a game I am never going to play in VR ever again." <laughs> we got to get back to it. Does. That was so amazing to hear Soap go from the guy who charges into oncoming fire to the guy hiding in the bathroom going, there's something making noises. <laughs> Can't confirm. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us tonight, guys, on uh, on the Simulated Gaming Podcast. Uh, be uh, be looking for our next one coming uh, down a week later. Um, it should be out. Um, we'll be looking for a unit here as well to talk to. If you're hearing this and you're interested in it, you know, just uh, look us up on Facebook at uh, TF121. You should definitely find us and just leave a message saying, hey, I want to do the podcast interview. We are looking for inter- uh, to interview units and stuff like that. Um, and if you have any, you know, ideas on how we can improve or any other mod suggestions we talk about, uh, next week, we will be talking about some newer mods that are out. We'll be doing some testing on them this week. We've got to give you our opinion and our views on it. And for that, I'm Micker. I'm Cam. This is Daring. This is Eric. This is Winters. This be the mailman. Last one, Timber. Uh, and we will see you guys next week. See you. Later. See you. 75th for life. That's this week's episode of the Simulated Gaming Podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Thank you for listening.